0: Yeah. <clears throat> All right, there we go. I just had to make sure that the audio and such was working. And with that being said, SEO this week. Hey, everyone, welcome to episode 134. As y'all know, I skipped last week. Um, just really busy. Uh, it's the holiday. It took the four days off. Literally did not do crap. Uh, and then I had to make up for it last week. So that's why. I didn't do a show. And really, to, you guys didn't miss much. There's only like four articles uh, of any real substance, and one that I actually liked that provided value. So I brought that in for this week. Um, but this week was kind of blowing up. So there we got us some great information, and I hope you'll enjoy it. As you can see, uh, we uh, don't have Ted. Uh, Ted's got some heavy rain up there in Seattle. I kind of wish I had some rain here in Yuma, but it was what it is. And it knocked his power out. That's probably going to be par for the course for Ted for a while because uh, the winter storms come in and the winds blow in uh, and knock trees down and everything else. And uh, if you know that side of the Cascade Mountains, windstorms and trees and power lines just don't mix. and It happens every year without fail. So... With that being said, I'm going to go ahead and share the screen. And also if you're watching live and you want to join in on the conversation, um, just let me know in the chat and I'll share the link and you can jump on the Zoom and just speak in person if you want to, that's cool. Had no problem doing that. And so here we go, share the screen. The browser. Okay, so episode 134, as you see, updates, accuracy, and opinions. We're going to start off with the newest news. Like, this is fresh off the blog. Uh, just happened uh today, they just released it. And as you know, that they had real no follow. Uh there was big debates whether it was passenger use or passing or it wasn't, etc. Well, they've added two more and it's rail sponsored, which Google wants you to use. If someone buys a link on your site, you can put rail sponsored. Uh, and um, essentially that's how you mark your, you know, this is your advertisement, your sponsorship or what does it say? Compensation agreements. So probably your affiliate links will be good in that. Uh, and then the uh, UGS, which is a uh, user-generated content. And that user-generated content thing, they're suggesting using in comments and forums. The thing that I see with forums and comments is um, <clears throat> maybe that's a way to devalue that type of link. You know how uh, John Mueller said, oh, Google knows what those look like. Um, this might be an indication that Google didn't exactly know what you know, it wasn't as smart as John Mueller was passing off. And if now they set this new base, this uh, user generated content tag it can easily more easily devalue it. I think that would also have to go from a post play or page by page thing. Like i.e., if a site becomes uh, susceptible to um, if it becomes susceptible to spam and stuff, then it's easier to devalue it because it, They can devalue those sections where they have the UGC. Um, And that might actually be a benefit if you own one of those sites because then the UGC content may or may not necessarily hurt you as much. So uh, definitely something to consider. The real sponsor thing, like I said, if you're going to sell links or you're going to do paid guest posts, um, that might be actually something good to use. I will tell you this. There's a lot of people this post is probably no, no more than an hour. And there's a whole bunch of people out there saying that, Oh, these do, these two new ones aren't going to pass value. There's going to be no link juice to them. Once you put them on there, you're, they're going to be useless. And I can honestly say in the easiest PG 13 in the Canada, they're completely full of shit. This literally a, like an hour old of an announcement. No one's tested it. No one knew, knows what that's going to do. Um, So I would hold off until someone like Kyle, Ted um, does an actual test using these and let you know, are they going to pass juice or are are they going to be useful to you? I think there will be some transition as these things get older and more adopted uh, that Google might change. Uh, But what, if you look in the content here, these are all hints now. So it used to be Google's party line was no follow passes, no juice. Well, we've seen and done plenty of things where that wasn't exactly true at all. Um, and now they're going so far as saying, these are just hints. These are suggestions to the algorithm. Uh, I think there can be suggestions that could be used for good and bad. Um, it might be a great opportunity to, uh, to get into testing if you're not into it already. Test the three different versions and see which ones pass value, if any, or which ones don't, if they don't. Uh, Versus just going into the Skype group on a one hour old blog post and people are instantly experts on these two uh, two new link attributes. They also noted that you can actually combine them, so you can do rel no follow and uh, user generated content if you want to, or rel no follow and sponsored, or user generated content sponsored, or whatever. Uh, you can mix and match them as you as you please, and it's not going to hurt anything. Uh, and then, as in the FAQs down here, they point out that you don't have to change your existing stuff. If you already have a no follow, leave it no follow. Uh, if you want to adopt these right now, then go for it. Okay, let's see. And the next one is headings won't make or break your site's rankings. This is an interesting one and in, in that John Mueller said that, that your H1 and H2 tags typically won't make or break your rankings. Uh, if you're a user of tools like Page Optimizer Pro, Surfer SEO, or Cora, you know, that's complete bullcrap. You can significantly increase your rankings by having your heading tags set up in the right way so to me i think this is a great piece of news the uh the search seo roundtable can pop out uh because it allows the uh, our competition to be dumber in my opinion (laughs) and and i even put it in here someone said that um uh, he, you know, headings were never a ranking factor. I told him, God, I hope you don't work. I hope you work in my niches. and it keeps my competition uh, down, so, Um, We know from the testing, from page up, from even Josh Brzezinski's testing, uh, his, you know, the scientific thing or Kyle's scientific testing or Ted's scientific testing, uh, seeing Cora reports, seeing Page Optimizer Pro reports, seeing Surfer SEO reports, Headings matter and they always have. So it's kind of silly that John would say this. I think at this point, he's just probably getting tired of things to say and making it up as he goes along, but whatever. Uh, let's see. Google search console is gone today. If you guys are used to the old one or using that for some things, you'll try to log in today and you'll be redirected to the new one. Uh, however, there are some tools that are still in place ones that I still use and like to use is data the highlighter uh, and the URL parameters tool so if you need those they're still there you just kind of have to get to a roundabout way to get them uh, there is a piece of in the help center here the link is inside on the post on digital ear that you can jump directly to those tools uh, from here and they're all listed. So uh, it's, you know, it's easy for you to do. I There's that highlighter tool, I use it all the time. So you click that and go, same with the URL parameters. Uh, and that's good for you. And let's see. Our systems cannot determine accuracy of content. I think this is kind of goes without saying. If uh, Lorem Ipsum page can rank, for rhinoplasty plano, then I think it's pretty hard for Google to determine the accuracy, i.e. is it fake news or not? Uh, Is the health site good or not? Um, And they're using different signals and the trick of a tester and good SEO is figuring out what those signals are. What is the algorithm? What is the math looking for on a website to help determine whether it's relevant and if it's a topic of authority or if it's on the side of authority? Uh, and that's really the key here. I think that's kind of what Danny Sullivan was trying to say uh, in, in a roundabout way. But, you know, they went and they picked the beat on him until he finally just got around to it <laughs> and said, hey, look, we, you know, we're not checking for the, uh, what is it, what is it exactly? We're not checking for the accuracy of the content. We're looking at signals that should be inside of accurate content or with that, the math, the way we can programmatically look for things that should be inside of the content. So that's pretty good. Uh, I think if you break that down, you find some of the winners and look for patterns, you might be able to uh, to determine where you're going to go, if, especially if you've got a health site or you're dealing with a health site client type of thing. You look at those patterns and see if you can figure out what the math is looking at for your particular keyword and niche market and niche. niche. Uh, and this one is uh, pretty good. too. This is as effective yesterday. I know the Arizona State Attorney General, he jumped in on this and he posted about it, uh, I want to say Friday, uh, saying this was kicking off. So we knew Friday, they're going to do it. And they started the uh, antitrust investigation. Google joined in. And they, if you don't know that the feds were doing the antitrust thing, they already started looking at it, right? at the behest of congress since things started going on and then the fed started looking at it uh, they've done that before with other large companies and they were allowed and in this case google was allowed in 2013 in the last antitrust investigation to uh, negotiate a deal for them that was in the best interest of google well the attorney general's are on board with this now, this antitrust thing, so that Google has less of an opportunity to do that. Um, I think it's good for everybody. What's gonna turn out of it? I don't know. To me, a perfect world it probably bust up Google from search and have Google Maps be busted out and separated from that. Uh, and maybe even the, uh, the Google Cloud section, that part busted out, which might make things a little bit better and a more fair for local businesses. I'm not even talking from an SEO perspective, I'm talking from a local business perspective. Uh, if separating those, changing it the way that those three make money and who controls them, etc., cetera, uh, might be a better internet for all, but we'll see how that works out. I, my guess is, you know, we'll be talking about this in 2025 before it's even settled. Let's get into tools, excuse me for. All right, so um, if you're in Signals Lab, SEO Signals Lab, uh, there's, I was just talking having a conversation with someone. There's like four different kinds of people in here: lurkers, um, I won't go into the rest, but you know, value pushers, as it were, uh, and people who think they're value pushers but aren't, and have no clue what they're talking about, and then people who are talking about. In this case, Pablo Rosales and the SEO Signals Lab took the time to. Uh, show a script and I'm sure Ted Kabytis uh, will love this but basically <laughs> uh, you can get on his GitHub and he, he's got a script that you can put in your dev tools that will allow you to pull the bold keywords off of the Google search results uh, on your own so you don't need core or pop any, or anything else like that he's already done it for you that is actually really cool, especially when you're looking for new anchor tech stuff. And I'll kind of go over that when we look at the anchor tech posts. Uh, so if, again, if you're not in SEO signals lab, Stephen's put together a quasi decent group, uh, a lot of people in there that can, uh, and hopefully you'll be able to get some information out of that, out of that group. Um, but uh i think it'll be again just go and find the link to this one and join the group and then click on it again and get the script Uh, i liked it i thought it was pretty slick at how he did it again if you don't want to fire a core or pop just to get the variations you throw this turn the script on and boom you're done bob's your uncle as it were all right this is the latest from uh matthew word it's a uh, another tool post, and this one is text, testing his uh, um, Ahrefs versus SEM rush versus Majestic versus SEO Spyglass versus what the hell is the other one? I think Moz was the other one. He dropped in there. Yeah, Moz Pro. Uh, and he's saying that uh, SEMrush has the biggest uh, database and it's based off of the number of IPs and the number of, I want to say subnets is what the other one he chose. Uh, yeah, number of most referring IPs and most referring subnets. And he took the Majestic Million, threw those into all five of the tools and then came away. And then at the end of it, he said SEMrush is number one. So I used to bag on people who said that all the time. And I might have to correct myself now as I think that as at, when Majestic or when SEMrush launched this thing, uh, the data was so incomplete that they had to connect to Majestic and then pull all that data in. So you would connect your SEMrush account to uh, your Majestic account and all that data would get pulled in, which I think, you know, Sneaky sneaky on SEM rush's part. So if a lot of people did that running all those things and it pulled all that data in and it built up SEM rush's database combined with their own stuff that they're doing, uh and it created a a quote unquote bigger database, which is pretty interesting. Now, here in his in his uh methodology methodology, you see, you know. If Rush had 100 and SEM Rush had 101, SEM Rush won. Uh, so, which that could be indicative of why you see, you know, them winning completely uh, across the board, especially against Ahrefs, who I'm You know, I've always been a fanboy. I like them. They're doing good things. So, uh, when I combine and look at the two of them still, as with any of these tools, though, you see the AHRESH is seeing stuff that SEMrush doesn't have and SEMrush is seeing stuff that Ahrefs doesn't have. And that's typically across the board with all of these. So if you're using a cognitive SEO or link research tools to do a uh, uh, backlink audit, you're going to need to pull from all five of these sources to get the best overall view and then also your search console. Uh, if not, you're just going to miss out on, uh, on, on backlinks, it's just, it's just the way it is. So um, uh, at the end of the day, if you're like, I can only spend X, Y, and Z uh, per month for tools, uh, I would recommend you do what I do. I have Ahrefs and SEMrush. We use both of those uh, almost daily. And then I also have SEO Spyglass. And you can turn on and off the and Majestic as needed, or just get someone to pull them for you if you got good pals. So um, that's kind of how I handle that. Again, those two tools, HRFs and SEMrush, push together. A lot of people are taking this as, you know, HRF one, but until you read down in the mythology, and he's kind of even shown it right here. Uh, each tool picks up different links. I think that's the key to everything when you're comparing these and they're apples to apples, oranges to oranges, or whatever you want to say you want to use. Is If they're picking up different links, you can't really compare them one to one. I think until the day comes where there's a company that crawls as much as Google, uh, these are really going to be really best estimates Um, and combining the data is just really good based off the interfaces and stuff and how you want to use it. So he says the SEMrush one here, but he talks significantly about how the uh, interface at Ahrefs is preferred. So uh, again, Matthew Woodard is a uh, affiliate, but it's a good look at it. And maybe if you want to kind of figure out and see this test, maybe one of these tools is pulling in a better set of backlinks for you than another in your market, which might be something to look at as well. Uh, next one is keyword mapping into Data Studio. This post is actually pretty good. I don't know how many of you guys actually are into keyword mapping. I'm going to go ahead and skip to the bottom here and see if I can access this bad boy. Here's a, so if you don't do keyword mapping, I think you, you really shouldn't. Basically what you do is you go out and find your terms with the volume. This spreadsheet has got a crap ton. That's a lot. Um, especially if you're just starting out, but you can add to you as you go, just start with 10 and, and figure out, you know, if your brand, if that brand and that service are clicking or are checking it. So And eventually what you'll create is a a pattern here where you'll see, you know, one, two, three, four, five brands, and they're targeting this keyword. So I should be targeting that keyword, this keyword, only three are, maybe I should, this keyword too, or maybe I would and I won't. Uh, And I think a lot of people have kind of missed out on that and what they're doing um, in this post because they're, you know, banging on it. And then you turn it into a uh, data studio report and it kind of show you what you're missing here. Um, Let's see, I thought they had a example. I might have missed it. Yeah, but yeah, I missed it. But what you can do is actually find out, you can cross Use Data Studio and cross-link that data with your your analytics and see if you're catching the uh, the traffic for those specific terms with those specific pages. And you use that keyword mapping. If you ever talk to uh, the guy over at CalZoo, Chris Winters, he sort of taught a keyword mapping research method that sort of goes like this. Uh, we I implemented a, another version just using color coding. Uh, that made it a little bit easier for us, but this is actually pretty good to you if you want to do that scale. And this is a, definitely this is something for your VAs though, uh, for sure. So check that out. Uh, next one is how to generate text from p- images with Python. If you don't, basically the rest of this is if you do a crawl on a website and a whole bunch of them have, uh, you know, like a tool like deep crawl, for example, that's one is message here and you want to rank for a bunch of keywords from images, uh, what you can do is do a deep crawl, pull the pages that are missing alt text, run it through this Python code, and then it'll name, it'll create captions for it. Um, there's an example of how good this, this tool that they're using uh, will figure things out, i.e. which number is taking a shot and the, the program knows it's number 14. Uh, anyway, they show you how to connect that up and run through that process so that you get captions captions are not all tags so you're at the you're at the end of the day you're not going to fix it up um, but you can put captions in there and perhaps get some rankings from it will be completely unrelated um, but it might turn into traffic for you that you can you know brand awareness traffic is really what that's going to be or informational traffic so um, this is certainly something to employ, especially if you like playing around with things and like playing around with code, you might, or you're trying to learn Python for your automation make things a little bit easier. Uh, I would check this out. Again, this is, says it's uh, for, uh, it's testing, changing the alt. So uh, I would look at it a little bit closer and make sure that that's exactly what it's doing and how, that's how you want it. Uh, but uh, it's really cool. I like it. It was fun. Uh, this is from SparkToro. It's an uh, opinions post. I think everyone's probably seen this one by now. Just, you know, different way. Google ranking inputs based on opinion, uh, which I like because it gives you some testing fodder relevance of the overall page content is the number one ranking factor according to opinion but if that was correct then uh, clearly these people have not seen kyle's lower mipsum test and and i know there's other people who duplicated that test uh, uh as well and still and currently have number one rankings with lower mipsum so um you know again this is all stuff that you can test it's all fodder for you to test. And then two, it lets you know where your competition is at or where your, um, you know, your, your, how do you want to call it? Your field, your sphere of influence in your market, I, SEOs, where what, what are they thinking uh, is important. So I would um, just go ahead and check this out. Give it for what it is. It's an opinion post. It says it right here in the title, opinions. There's plenty of people bashing it because it's, you know, it's, Rand Fishkin, but whatever. It's opinions from 1500 SEOs who took time to fill out a survey uh, and just give you some good insight for testing. So I would check that out. Uh, This is a content frame strategy framework and it's written a little bit interestingly, but a lot of people are uh, ignoring some of the features of it. Here's the typical silo everyone's using, blog posts, a service page and rank, et cetera, right? And the, the argument of this post is that if you're sending all your traffic here, uh, you're going to lose a whole bunch of them, uh, especially when the service page will, will convert better. So you should do your best to get a your service pages ranked uh, for your service keywords. Duh, right? Uh, and then your blogger is to go to your blog posts. I think the author was kind of, missing here is that the blog post should rank the service page. So if you're using this links and authority, pushing to the service page, your service page ranks, and then you get to go and you're fired off. And this is something really interesting for B2B folks that they need to pay attention to, uh, especially when you're talking to customers. You know, I'm a plumber, why do I need a blog post? Well, this is what we're doing with these things. Oh, and they understand a little bit better and it's a better sale for you when you're, you know, if you're upselling content, for instance, uh, or, or whatever. So we'll check that out. Put this one in your back pocket as a reference uh, or look at it and rewrite it in your own words uh, for your FAQ sections. So people know why you're doing what you're doing, especially if you're using silos. Contextual knowledge panels at Google. This is a, a good post only because it kind of walks through a little bit of patent stuff that talks about firing off these knowledge panels uh, and then a way to look at how and what is triggering these uh, in, in what particular knowledge panel is coming up based off of the the search term that you're just going I think it's uh, again if you're into the pad, the uh, the patents and you want to deep dive into that this is a good one uh, just to get your feet wet before, without having to learn the panels the patents themselves. Schema, I love schema, building out, I'm, we're trying to build a tool for schema. We're gonna make an internet base to kind of fire off and do some of these things for you. Uh, you feed in your, your information, uh, it creates a base template and you can add and take away the need for page, Just copy that and then upload it right into your website without having to use plugins, etc. cetera. Um, that's going to be the goal. And then you can scale that for your products uh, and stuff too. Um, take away a little bit of the manual, you know, tap, tap, tap of typing in or writing out schema on your own, especially if you're code slow like me. Um, but here's some stuff thats kind of geared to you, especially if you're not into schema right now, just some of the things that you're missing out on. And you know, get you some ideas on what schema to use, How? what is it triggering, what features are it triggering, uh, you know, should I use this, should I use that, kind of looking at search results to see these carous, carousels, for instance. If, I, if so, uh, how can I leverage schema to hopefully get us into those top places, uh, that kind of stuff. So this is a, uh, again, this is another really good post, especially if you are looking for justification to do this with a client. Uh, and uh, or you're doing your sales stuff, you have some backup here. These are great ideas and, and for your um, for your uh, proposals and such to kind of fire those off. And then look here, you see some different uh, all the different things that are powered by Schema. Uh, so uh, I would actually you know reach out and search and find the best things for you. And how do you add to that and fix it out? Which is uh, again, this is a really cool post on Schema um health and wellness and medics have been hammered what's april and may uh those uh, in august some of those updates have been uh, really hard on the health niche uh, this is a walkthrough of someone who did a an audit trying to figure out why this site was affected not only in the march 29 but in june it was also affected in August too, if you read more into it, but you see these two significant things here. Uh, in each one of those pops, more and more happened. One of the big highlights I saw was the, um, that they were taking content from other sites and then not canonicalizing it properly or not no indexing it, et cetera. And it kind of reduced the quality straight out. So, uh, or someone took theirs. It wasn't exactly clear who was copying who, but I th- think that the the site here was copying them. Uh, and then some steps that they took to actually solve that issue. So if you're dealing with a medic uh, issue, this is a really good uh, case study to go uh, with. I would also look at the SEO Fight Club episode that Kyle did a walk through and some stuff that he did to recover a health site that was hit by medic. And then, last but not least, is the data-backed anchor text. This is one I alluded to uh, in Fight Club last week. Uh, I uh, I don't know if you watched my or if you were at the SEO Spring training and watched my presentation. We talked about the different versions of anchor text. I think I covered it in uh, Fight Club as well. Uh, and then how to or you know a brief goes over of how to analyze that information and turn it into something actionable. Uh, and when I say actionable is if you're a follower, if you're a user of, you know, surfer SEO, pop or Cora, uh, you know, each keyword has a different set of uh, rules for ranking. The algorithm is looking for different things for each keyword, every market, every keyword all have different uh, rules. Um, you know, if you're ranking for city SEO and one city will have, you know, X, Y, and Z, another city will have you know, ABC. Um, but some of that will overlap. And that's the same process that I follow with Text. And We had um, worked with Michael Miles. He created these classifications. He created a spreadsheet, and we took it up and uh, took it up a notch and made it a lot better, uh, specifically for us in that use case. And uh, this post will actually go through and talk about, you know, obviously defining where that is. Uh, There are several types of anchor text that they refer to. We have probably about 15 more uh, different versions that we look at as well. Uh, But this will get you into that frame of thought that you should be looking at anchor text. Uh, You should be looking at the percentages that are used by your competition and that Google's looking for in that top 10, top 15, top 20. Of the search results and see what your true percentages are. Don't blindly follow those. Oh, your exact match should be one percent. You should have uh, generics and brands and URLs, and this should be that. This should be those percent. So that's all bullshit. Uh, I've seen keywords where exact match are up twenty nine to fifty percent, uh, and I've seen some that were up at two percent, and that was maxed out. So you need to look at the anchor text just as closely as you're looking at your your other stuff. And this kind of get you into that that frame of mind uh, as a um, to what you're doing. I would start down if you're if you know what you're doing and you're already got the whole you know why text is important and all that blah 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 run down here to the study and look at the uh, influence data uh, that is probably the best part of this post is looking at the data and seeing where, you know, unique anchors, if I have unique anchors, more unique, unique anchors leads me up here, which our testing has shown is that pretty freaking accurate. And The more unique anchors you have, you're doing better. Uh, and then um, some other stuff in here, you know, which keywords or which types of anchors are more you know, correlating with rankings. And this one here just blows that exact match right out of the water. Look at that more exact match the higher your rank now based off of this they're like 2.7 3 3.0 uh th- i i would agree with that back in the wild as kind of typically what i see um so uh, but this is stuff you wouldn't know if you're blindly filing that per the the, the recommendations don't do more than one percent well if you don't do more than one percent that gets you down here in, in the 15 16 17 18 20 range uh so Uh, you need to step up your game and and check it out. And a lot of stuff with partial match, et cetera, too. So this is really cool. I like the presentation of this as well. They did a great job here at Authority Hacker. So this is some great content, and I appreciate all the effort that went into it and make it actually uh, useful. So check it out. Again, probably hands down, one of the best um, anchor text posts that have been published in recent memory since uh, Penguin kicked off. And they scared the crap out of everyone to do exact match. All right, that looks like that is it. That's the last of the articles. Hopefully, um, I talked slow enough. I know I fire I fired through those, but I don't have anyone to slow me down here. So, <laughs> um, hope, but hopefully, you get some information out of that. Again, if you of all the posts, the ones that I would really look at the most is. I would save the B2B content marketing strategy one uh, to look at later. I would save that links the all the tools to Search Console. Um, if you're even if you're not using them now, you might need them later, and there's no guarantee they'll be in the new one. So I would save that one, and I would definitely read the anchor text post just to get your head around uh, looking at individual variables and correlations and individual keywords for your anchor text. Uh, and that's how I would go. I'm going to check the chat real quick, see if there's anything here. Oh, it looks like muscles. Huh? Not yet, Stephen. I am working out again. So we'll see. Uh, Ted needs to move to Yuma. Huh? <laughs> I don't think Ted can handle it, Yuma. Although right now the weather is cooling down. So that's nice. I think summer is almost over here. So we're good. Um, let's see. Mm-hmm. All right. Yep. No, no other questions. So hopefully that we're all done. I want to thank all of you for watching live. I know you all come for Ted. That's cool. <laughs> um, but uh, hopefully he'll be here next week and, hope you have a great week and thank you for watching seo this week episode 134 oh yeah thursday is the last day for nfg rockstar's early bird price so if you don't know by now seo rockstar's storage crew uh, and nfg seo those guys combined and they uh, have NFG rock stars. I'm speaking at it. Uh, Ted's going to be there. Kyle's going to be there. Uh, Jordan Pierce, Craig Campbell, um, and a bunch of other dudes um, are going to – and dudettes are going to be there. Uh, the first day is not really a day. It's a Disney trip. Uh, that's on a Sunday. And then that Monday and Tuesday is the classes – or is the conference – Conference and then the third day is a, uh, a hands-on experience where you can come in, bring your sites, bring your projects, and say, "How the hell, you know, I need some advice or advice on on what to do with this." Uh, that third day is probably going to be the best day for everybody, uh, in my opinion. The first day is going to be a lot of Disneyland and networking and maybe some rum. We'll see. I know roller coasters and Star Wars is going to be in there somewhere. Um, and then the two days, again, you'll get some great information out of the speakers, but that third day is going to be the moneymaker. So I would look at, if you can, go ahead and signing up. Always, be, um, it's one of the, the two conferences that I do. I always spoke. I speak at SEO Rockstars every year uh, and then uh, SEO Spring Training in Phoenix, is now on my my circuit um, but if you've never seen uh, guys like craig campbell you haven't met him in person or you haven't seen a presentation from ted or kyle and it's a good opportunity to uh, do that and get exposed to that in a relatively small conference it's probably the best introvert conference that, that, out there in my opinion so Uh, small groups and et cetera. So hope to see you all there. It's nfgrockstars.com, I believe is the website address. Uh, So check it out. And okay, now with that, (laughs) thank you for watching SEO this week, episode 134, and we'll see you next week.